Well, hello, this is Mark, Words of Truth Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today, I want to talk to you about revival. Many of us have been reading about what is happening in Asbury University in Kentucky, what many are calling a revival. And if you haven't been following the news on this, apparently it all began after a chapel service when a student got up and began sharing his testimony and confessing sin and thus broke out a revival that has lasted up to two weeks or more as of this podcast. It said that over 50,000 people from outside the campus and from other states and even other countries have flocked to Asbury to be a part of what is happening there. And apparently revival has broken out on other college campuses as well. Well, it all begs the question, what is revival? And how do we know if a real revival has actually broken out? And I'm not here today to question what's happening at Asbury. There have been a lot of voices on that subject, but I haven't been there, so I don't really know. Although I do know people who are familiar with what's happening and say that it is real revival, and I'll just have to leave it at that. But the idea of revival originates in the reality that first, God is the giver of all spiritual life, but that even people who have been born again drift into a kind of lethargy and indifference and spiritual weakness. When the Apostle John was writing to the church at Laodicea in Revelation 3, he said to them, I know your deeds. Well, it's really Jesus speaking. He says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. And Paul said to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 3, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, more mere infants in Christ. You see, these are all people who had drifted from the faith in some way and who weren't living fully in the anointing power of the Spirit of God. They were weak, anemic, pathetic Christians living more like the world than in the will of God. Now, when you put the two of those things together, that God is the one who gives spiritual life and that man can easily drift into spiritual lifelessness, what you get is a need for the hope of reviving and coming back to spiritual life and vitality. What you get is the need for a fresh outpouring of God's life-giving spirit on his people. And that's what revival is. And I think that's what we're seeing happening in Asbury right now. But let me dig just a little bit deeper. If you read Psalm 85, 6, he writes, Will you not yourself revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Or the prophet Habakkuk wrote in chapter 3 and verse 2, Lord, I have heard the report about you, and I fear, O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. Or how about a Psalm 80, verse 18, where it says, Revive us, and we will call upon your name. Or the prophet Isaiah, who wrote in Isaiah 57, verse 15, 
For thus says the high and exalted one who lives forever, whose name is holy. I dwell on a high and holy place. And also with the contrite and lowly of spirit in order to what revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. All those are verses talking about the need from time to time for a spirit of revival to happen. And along with those passages about revival, you can read the history of Israel and how through the years of one king after another, their spiritual vitality was up and down and up and down. When a king was wicked, God withheld his blessings. And when a king was righteous, God would bless them. And up and down and up and down it goes through the history. And when you get into the New Testament, even though the time is really short between Jesus' resurrection and the close of the New Testament, maybe about 40 years or so, we do get a glimpse of how some of the churches were also already in need of revival. For example, we hear in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12, where the author writes, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. Or in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 12, where he writes, Therefore strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble. You see, these were Christians who were already in need of reviving. They were already drooping spiritually. They were dragging their spiritual feet and in need of revival. And have you read some of the prayers of the Apostle Paul in his letters? A lot of them sound like prayers that would be made for churches that are drifting away from their spiritual roots and into a lukewarm, lifeless state of being. Maybe you know of that kind of church. It's a church that's just going through the motions, like a person who has been sedated and they're standing upright, but with no real spiritual life or vitality, making no spiritual impact on society around them, just barely keeping alive. We read of one of Paul's prayers in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 to 19, where Paul writes uh, to the church and he says, I pray that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, <clears throat> that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now that sounds like a prayer a lot of churches should be praying today. And maybe it's a prayer that we should be praying for our personal lives. We should pray for strength in our inner being by His Spirit. And that we might know God more fully and be filled with the fullness of God. In our spiritual lives, spiritual vitality doesn't have to do with how much of the spirit we have. Because when we come to Christ, he gave us all the spirit there is to give. All the spirit we need to be saved. But the issue is always how much of us does the spirit have? How much of the anointing power of the Spirit is in us. 
to what extent do we allow the spirit to control every aspect of our lives and being? You see, it's when we begin to give the control of our lives fully to the spirit that revival begins to take place. It's when we humble ourselves at the feet of Jesus, confessing our sins and living in a state of repentance and remorse that the spirit begins to take over and revival happens. In the history of the church, the term revival in its most biblical sense refers to the sovereign work of God in which a church or churches or groups of believers in Christ have been lifted out of spiritual indifference and worldliness into a conviction of sin with a desire to know Christ and his word more deeply and intimately, a desire to be a witness for Christ, a longing for true worship, a renewed commitment to missions, a desire to see more people come to know Christ as Savior and Lord. These are all signs of true revival. It has happened on numerous occasions throughout history, and I believe that we're seeing it in pockets today, but it's what all of us should be desiring and praying for to happen on a national and even a world level amongst followers of Christ. In fact, let me close this podcast today in prayer for that very thing. Will you join me? Lord Jesus, your word reminds us that if we'll humble ourselves and pray and seek your face, that you would forgive our sins and heal us and bless us. I pray that you will help us to see our need for a greater anointing of the Spirit of God in our lives, in our churches, and in our Christian institutions. I pray that you will help us to see the need for repentance and a turning back to you. I pray for our Christian friends who are in politics or who work in various companies for pastors and congregants, that you will send a spirit of revival amongst us. Oh Lord, turn our hearts to you. Help us to realize our deep need to know you more, to love you greater, and to walk in the power that only the Spirit can bring. We wait upon you to do a work that only you can do in our lives. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. God bless. I'll see you again.